We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Welcome to episode number 110 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I've been around the video game industry for a long time, writing and also doing marketing and public relations. I'm also the mom of a five-year-old who's getting ready to start school next week. Um, anyhow, we can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I'm also joined by fellow mom Regina McManamy, uh, who is from the Geek Embassy, is a fellow Game of Thrones nerd. I think that's going to be your title from now on, Regina. I just oh, that works for me. apologize in advance. Uh, but she's well, a- we should all have our long titles, just like Daenerys, right? Oh, right. So I'm mother of toddler, mother of five-year-old, mother yeah. of three kids. Maybe I mean, that yeah. should be our homework assignment, is for us yes. to come up with our multiple titles. <laughs> uh, but Regina is also the mom of a three-year-old. I don't know if uh, if I said that or not. Um, so we had our one-on-one meeting with Anna's kindergarten teacher today, which was really cool. I love the fact that the school district is doing this, the kindergartners. Start a week later than everybody else so that we all have one-on-one meetings with her teacher. She was like a little angel while we were there. Very quietly went and picked up a book to read and got a puzzle out. And I was just like, really? <laughs> and like I tried to tell him, I'm like, well, some of the, the biggest issue we have with her at home is that, number one, she doesn't listen. And now it seems like it's just us, which is fabulous. And number two, she likes to like, interrupt people because she has so much she wants to say so like i'll be reading a book and she'll like stop me mid-sentence and say something else and i'm like no 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 you gotta you gotta wait until i can at least finish a sentence and then you can tell me what you need to tell me so but she was so good today who knows she'll probably be perfect there which is fantastic yeah that's i mean it is fantastic, pretty much been my at the same time yeah yeah and i mean i i haven't seen her much um when she's been at, at daycare or kinder care but she's still like apparently her sort of wild self there and maybe it's just like a comfort thing like or maybe she hasn't figured out everything that she can do she kept asking to do things at the art station and we're like well you know we don't have very much time it was a half hour meeting but we got to walk around the school afterwards um learn sort of what her routine was going to be so we were able to walk through the beginning of the day with her before she gets to her teacher nice. because she's going to be having oh, that's awesome because she's going to be having breakfast at school um, it's a little different right. from her than everybody else. So I can I can say my my tearful goodbye without everybody else seeing it. Um, so so yeah, but it's it's good. We were able to like okay, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna go into the school. You're gonna go through this hallway here. You can see the cafeterias over there. Mommy's gonna say goodbye. You're gonna go into the cafeteria. You're gonna eat. When you're done, you're gonna come back out this way and back out the building and you know by this tree. And the really thing that's it's cool because her. Her teachers comes and meets the whole class and then takes them back um, right in front of the school, at least for the first few right. days. And then after that, he'll be a little farther away and then a little farther away and then still farther away, eventually until they know how to get to their classroom on their own. So, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It seems awesome. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very cool. cool. Um, so, yeah. Regina, you said your daughter's in full time preschool now. Yeah, full day preschool now. So she did um, the summer program this year. She did a half day. Mm-hmm. So it was eight eight thirty to twelve thirty. Um, part of that was because we're, she's still on the tail end of potty training, uh, and I wasn't sure she was going to use the potty there. Right? Yeah. 
And she didn't, actually, for, oh. like, four of the six weeks that she went. And then just one day, she's like, oh, I can do this. And I'm like, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> and just a flip, a switch flipped. Yeah. And even her teacher was like, I had shown her, like, the first couple weeks, she would show her every day, like, where the bathroom was yeah. and the procedures and all that. And she wouldn't go. So I didn't want to leave her that long. But my, I have a very demanding teaching schedule this fall. I'm mm-hmm. teaching seven classes. Um, and I usually teach four. Yeah. So that give you an idea of exactly how much more work I have. And I was trying to think about like maybe coordinating something with her old, her former, um, in-house sitter. But then I was like, then I'm adding that coordination on top of it. Whereas I could just have her at school until 3.30 and it would be less disruptive for everybody that right, way. Yeah. Not, not to mention significantly cheaper. And so, um, we just decided to end up having her for all day. And yesterday was her first all day day and she just yelled out my name as so walked in the door she's like mommy and she threw her arms up in the air and came running that is that's the best but i've also had times with anna where i come in and she's like i don't want to go and i'm like you know that's what iris was like at 12 30 so i figured that you know extending it to 3 30 i didn't think was going to be hard for yeah. her because I knew she liked it enough yeah. that she didn't want to leave. And Anna so. was like that, like, you know, it was day to day, whether mm-hmm. she was going to be upset yeah. or happy. But the worst thing that happened is I came to pick her up and she like threw a tantrum. She said, I want daddy to pick me up. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously? In front of everybody <laughs> crying, screaming, I wanted daddy to pick oh. me up. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And Isaac thought that was vaguely um, amusing. And I'm like, no. How would you, <laughs> you feel if punch the roles him. <laughs> were reversed? Like, seriously. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Well, Iris keeps asking because she watched a couple of episodes of Sid the Science Kid oh, and his yeah. grandma picks him up at yeah. school. And she has said to me on numerous occasions, you know, I wish grandma could pick me up. And I've managed and only to cry the first time. The first time I cried. <laughs> and then yeah. after that, I was like, well, uh, I understand this is coming from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's fun. I'm glad. Seeing a fall semester, we'll see how it all goes. Yeah, yeah, and you know she's just going to be even more prepared for, for when she starts yeah. kindergarten. You know, mm-hmm. which kindergarten is actually I have so much respect for these teachers because they're going to have kids come in at such a wide range of skills and abilities. Yep. Because some kids just don't go to preschool at all or haven't had their parents mm-hmm. help them learn anything, and they're not even going to know any of their letters or numbers or anything when they walk in the door yep. as opposed to like well or and even like you know the the social right. construction of a classroom yeah. they don't they won't understand and the lining up and the, yeah. like how you behave and all that stuff they don't know that either so it's it's yeah yeah so he he said like you know as he starts to gauge um people's abilities uh when the kids are sort of doing free time or other type of stuff he tries to group them together um, with kids of the similar sort of skill level and emotional oh, development good, yeah. and stuff. So, so yeah, there's yeah. 23 kids in her class. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I was impressed, though, because when we went to the open house last week um, and introduced ourselves, and he's like, hey, Anastasia. And I'm like, yeah, we, we call her Anna, you know, kind of thing. And that he remembered. Today we walked in. He That's was like, good. hey, Anna. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Bonus points yeah. already. So, details. Yeah. Details are so important. Yeah. So. Uh, and we're also joined by Stephen Dutzman, who is editor and founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com and the father of three and who just decided to join us because 
He thought we were recording Game of Thrones podcast, so you know that's how that goes. Because <laughs> we're always recording a Game of Thrones podcast. That's what right. we do. We're always willing to record Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah, you know that was that was just a joke that we added you onto that invitation. You know, it was just yeah. <laughs> thought you would understand that. I don't understand know. humor. Um, <laughs> so uh, um, <clears throat> I take you guys literally. So, um, so, so now that I understand, so we're supposed to talk about video games. Yes, yes, right. Talk about video games. Uh, Destiny Two, Destiny Two is out now. Um, I'm not playing it, but Stephen is. Stephen got sent a crazy gift from Activision. Let's talk about this crazy gift. What was what was in it? Have you okay, so it? I I have looked at it. I have not opened because I will be. Um, Actually, by the time this is recorded, you can go to the EngageFamilyGaming.com Facebook page, um, and I will be unboxing it later. Uh, but what is in it is a copy of the game, um, a ba- a really awesome like messenger bag that I am that is pretty sick. Um, and how about this? It comes with a solar powered USB. Wait, hold on, let me get it. Um, <laughs> There's a description. Um, it basically it has this weird thing attached to it that is, or that's like a part of it that is a uh, a solar powered. Um, let's see here. It's so the bath the bag is a frontier bag. Okay. <laughs> um, and you can either you can customize it to either be a backpack or a messenger bag, which is cool. Mm. But one of the things that it comes with is a a survival themed item, which can be strapped to the bag. It is a, um, you break it apart. It has a solar powered USB charger, uh-huh. a solar blanket and a paracord all attached in this one silver object that all put together. <laughs> is like this weird silver thing. Um, yeah. but a solar powered USB charger is actually kind of rad. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, and then other than that, it comes with like a bunch of like random destiny, like doohickeys. Um, the box is so big that, uh, my wife actually called me at work and accused me of buying a PlayStation four. Cause she thought that that's what I did. She thought that I bought a PlayStation four cause the box is freaking massive. If they put yeah. a PS four in here, it really wouldn't have had much wasted space. They could have done it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, they sent the uh, they sent me the collector's edition, um, mm. which is awfully kind of them. Um, yeah. Obviously, th- this is my review copy. Um, they got that Activision money, um, so this was absolutely sent gratis um, in an effort to have me review it and create content around it. Um, and I am uh, very likely to do so. So I will be unboxing it, and there will be pictures all over our Instagram, and I'll likely be wearing like this. This is. I, this has to be my new convention bag, right? <laughs> I would hope. Like, I can't yeah. not, like, I have to bring this right. to Hascon and be like, check out my swag, right? Like, this is, <laughs> I mean, I think as the kids call this, this is swagalicious, you know, that kind of thing. Right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Listen, but at least I didn't you- dab, <laughs> but I have, but I have not actually played the full version of the game. I did play in the beta. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you go to the engagefamilygaming.com YouTube channel, you can watch a video of me playing, uh, the game very poorly, um, which I think <laughs> is relevant to some of the things we're going to talk about later. Um, 
but it's great. I think, um, I have a, a box quote that I think actually like really encapsulates how a lot of people are feeling about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that it reads is it says, uh, if destiny, this is from, uh, uncle Badger, who is a member of the engaged family gaming staff. Um, it says if destiny one is an unfurnished home, a nice place with a lot of potential, but not a whole lot there. Destiny two is that same place all moved in. Um, and I think this is just an Assassin's Creed two moment. You know, they had yeah. the potential. There was a lot going for it. I mean, Bungie knows how to make sci-fi shooters. Mm-hmm. Hey, right. Hashtag <laughs> halo. Um, so, um, we knew that that was not going to be a problem. It was everything else. And everything that I have read today and everyone that I have spoken to who has played it, um, has been very happy. And it looks like while well, they had some server issues in the, off the bat at midnight, uh, mm-hmm. they resolved them quickly, which considering, you know, like Regina and I both played World of Warcraft, we were there for multiple expansions where it took days before things stabilized. Yeah. Um, I'll give them a couple hours at the exact midnight worldwide launch. I'll give them a <laughs> yes, break yeah. now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously you can expect that to happen. Anybody who expects a game, an online game like that to function perfectly right out of the gate is I don't know what to say to you. You're living in an alternate reality because that's just the way things are. You can test and test and test and test. But uh, once the thing really goes live for the first time, you really can't anticipate what's going to happen. Well, there's no way to predict. Yeah. There's no way to predict a hundred, a hundred percent. The one I remember even worse than wow was uh, Diablo three. That was horrible when it launched. Yeah. It was just like, uh, okay, maybe tomorrow. I mean, and, uh, maybe tomorrow. I think the, the <laughs> one issue maybe we might week. be getting with some of the people complaining a little bit extra is that Destiny is grabbing an audience that maybe isn't necessarily used to this stuff. Mm, um, yeah. You know, I mean, when I talk about World of Warcraft and, you know, Regina mentions yeah. Diablo, like, there's a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, I would bet that a healthy percentage of the people who play Destiny are people who came over because they loved Halo and didn't necessarily mm-hmm. play online games on PC. So this the the server stability thing is probably it could be new to some of them. Um mm-hmm. so I am uh so I'll give some of them a pass. They weren't there in the trenches mm-hmm. um <laughs> like the rest of us, but I mean again, it's one night and it seems to have already stabilized. Uh, I'm, I'll be playing it later on tonight, so I will. Uh, I'll be able to comment on it. Cool, cool. Okay, other news. This is super funny news. I couldn't believe it when I came across this headline on Polygon. So, Animal Farm. If you're well read at all, you will know that Animal Farm is a novel by George Orwell. Uh, a very nice. Who's that? Um, Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> A very nice metaphorical novel uh, and being very entertaining at the same time. But anyhow, Animal Farm is going to be a game, which is kind of weird. Um, but the other thing that's <laughs> weird is that it's going to have two very distinct game modes. So you're going to have your typical sort of third-person adventure type mode, really related to story, it sounds like. It's going to have very, well, hopefully... It would have a lot yeah. of story in it, um, but then the, right. the other mode is going to be like, um, like a sandboxy, like uh, roller coaster tycoon type thing, where you can just build your farm and manage your animals and, and manage your talking yeah, animals. Your talking animals. We are probably going to tell you if you know you need to up your game, right? Yeah. 
Uh, the pen's kind of dirty over here. Can you get on it, please? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm a little hungry. You got anything more to eat up there? Because <laughs> that's the whole, of course, premise yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Night of Animal Farm is that the animals talk. So Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Trying I think to- there's a little <laughs> bit more to the premise than just talking animals. Well, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more to yeah, it. It's a satire. Might be a little yes. on the nose. Yeah. It's a it's it's a very interesting time for this to be developed as a game. Yes. It definitely yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So um look forward to seeing that. I don't think they 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 haven't announced a release date yet. But they've got some some pretty people who have worked on some really good story driven games are working on this. It's the people who worked on The Witcher Three and uh everybody's gone to the Rapture, which I wanted to I still haven't got a chance to play that. There's so many games I want to play. I know <laughs> Just not getting a chance. Way. So don't um, have time. Yeah, so it looks like that they've got some really good story-driven game experienced uh, developers on that. So, so that's encouraging. Uh, still kind of weird, but it's encouraging. And then other news, which isn't news at all, that the internet is stupid. We know that the internet is stupid. But lately, um, they have sort of a gaming, our wonderful toxic gaming community, has, terrible. has decided uh, to attack uh, a very experienced game journalist simply because he didn't do well playing a demo of a game at Gamescom on the show floor. So, Dean Takahashi is our journalist. He has been around for a very, very long time. I met him first when I was doing PR um, and marketing, which would have been back in, right when I started that job. So it would have been 2004 is when I met him. And at that point, he was um, he was the tech editor for the San Jose Mercury News uh, which sort of included games. So like back then, when newspapers were mm-hmm. still a thing, uh, <laughs> games right. were sort of contained under the big tech umbrella. So so he covered mm-hmm. everything. Uh, and now he works for VentureBeat um, and had, like he's been at VentureBeat since the beginning. He was one of the founding people, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, so he went to Gamescom. He played uh, the demo of Cuphead who we've all seen. If you haven't, then I don't know what rock you've been living under. Cuphead is uh, the game that has the really cool animation style, so it looks like an old cartoon. Um, so he played that. He made a demo of it. Video of it got posted on their YouTube channel because they were you know, capturing video, obviously. So everybody in the world could see that he was having problems playing the game. And so therefore, all of our lovely gaming community people say, he couldn't play the game. How does he have a right to write about games? And then in general, game journalists are bad at games. Why should they be allowed to write about games? And, you know, it's one of those things that just make you go, oh, God. Yeah, it's a cycle of, you know, bad. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody should have to be good at every game or have any kind of pressure to perform, you know, analysis and play are definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Different skill sets and should be acknowledged as such. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Case in point, like John Clayton, the professor (laughs) is a former ESPN personality. If you ever saw a picture of him, you would likely be like, wow, there is literally no way he has ever played football in his life. He is a very small (laughs) man. He's very slight. He's potentially very frail, but he knows football better than I think probably anybody out there, at least from a editorial standpoint, right? Like that dude knows what he's talking about. Um, Field Yates is the is one of the best reporters I've ever seen. He and he was a beat reporter for the New England Patriots for a very long time, despite being incredibly young. 
And he is probably not. I mean, he's definitely not a professional football player. Otherwise, he would do that and make all those dollars. So <laughs> the idea that you need to be good at something in order to report on it is insane. Um, yeah. It's patently yeah. absurd. Um, I, I mean, the only thing that I agree with, at least slightly, and the thing that these people weren't getting at is, I mean, if he, if he, this was a demo, this was not a review. Yeah. If he, he should review that game. Um, because, right. because he would hate his life. Uh, because if he can't <laughs> play through the demo, then he's not going to be able to finish the game. And you need to be able to complete games, um, in order, in general, in order to be able to review them. So mm -hmm, yeah. that is a case in point, but, um, Man, did I see a lot of Twitch streamers with 50 followers on, uh, with 50 followers and no Facebook page, um, talking about how video game journalists are hot garbage. Yeah. Um, and it just sounds like sour grapes. It's like the reality is there's only so much oxygen in the room. It gets eaten up yeah. by a lot of bigger outlets. Um, yeah. and that sucks for you when you only have 50 followers. Um, deal with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll just put, I mean, I got nothing. The reality is y you're either going to grow or there's a reason you're not. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And this also, too, like, it's just uh, there's so little space for people. I mean, it's basically what you were saying. But I mean, even to work, like, if you have experience, even to get one of those staff positions is extremely hard. So I have a friend that I used to work with um, when I was doing PR marketing, uh, lives up here because one of the studios uh, was here. So he just wrote a book about like breaking into the game industry where he like broke it down by discipline. So here's what artists do. Here's what designers should do, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he uh, asked me to do an interview with him where he was asking how you would break into games journalism. And I'm like... <laughs> I tried not to laugh in his face, but um, but I I did the interview and I, it was like doomsday. <laughs> it was just like it, it's not gonna happen. Like for the majority, I like some people really could, but they will have to have been freelancing uh very very well for a long time before they will get a staff position because there's just so many staff positions to go around and the whole thing has contracted. So like. Uh, IGN, for example, bought um, 1UP and GameSpy. And so all of those sites kind of get, you know, crushed into IGN, which unfortunately meant that staffs for those sites got crushed out of IGN. So so you have even less space for people to do this um, professionally. So it sucks. It really does suck. A lot of these people really, really, really want to be games journalists and they don't understand what is involved in being a games journalist. Like, you don't walk in and play games all day, you know. We do play yeah. games more than a developer plays games. But at the same right. time, you have to do your writing and editing. You have to play games that you don't like, which is yeah, really that terrible. Is fundamentally yeah. misunderstood, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. There are plenty oh, of... I, yeah. I said that. It's, yeah. it's awful. I said, yeah. But yeah. yeah, during research, when I was working on my dissertation, I said the same thing. It's it's so much so cool that I could turn something that was an interest of mine into my topic. Yeah. But it was also a drag at the same time, because then, you know, gaming became my work. Yep. And it's different when it's yeah. your work. Yep. It's, a, it's a very different thing when it's not what you're using to kind of enjoy and check out or have fun it just it becomes different it changes it and yeah. it fundamentally changes it to the point where i can't play now without thinking in 
you know, academic terms about what I'm playing. There's just no way to do that. So yeah, yeah my my biggest horror experience, which actually came up again, was on Twitter or something with with people that I used to work with, was a game called Babysitting Mama. So it was all in the, the cooking <laughs> the cooking mama. You know, they 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 did mama every the one with the doll. The one with the doll, yes. It was so insane. So it was for Wii. You would stick a Wiimo inside the doll, which, and then you had to do things like rocket and all that sort of stuff. But it was the sense, the senses, the sensory stuff on that was so bad that in order to make it look like you were doing anything with the doll, you had to like shake it like really hard. I'm like, (laughs) this is supposed to be a baby, and I'm like. Anyhow, I, w- yeah. I, I, with that said, I think <laughs> that they could remake that now with Joy Cons and it would be much better. Um, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they won't. Um, yeah, yeah it's just the, the whole thing. I mean, it's, I get it kinda, but it's absurd. Kinda. It's very absurd. Yeah. Um, to say that I, that, that I am patently just objectively, let's just say it. I'm bad at video games. It's clear. We have a whole hashtag about it. Um, but to say that I, bad at hashtag Steve is bad at video games, but to say that I can't, objectively identify what games are good or bad um is uh it mean it to, to hold that stance means that you don't understand how critical thought works period right. the end um yeah. so considering the original source of that post um i am not in the least bit surprised yeah <laughs> i'm not going to throw them under the bus particularly but it's not hard to figure out who the original source for that was. And yeah. they are, um, how shall we say, absurd. <laughs> yeah, and Dean is so awesome because in that story, he was just poking fun at himself. He's, like, extremely yeah. sarcastic. Like, if you met him, you would never get sarcasm from him right off the bat. So it's funny because I posted on Facebook how terrible this thing was, and I tagged him. And so, you know, he responded, you know, thanks for, for saying this. And he's like, the Internet is a lovely place. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So he's been around reporting, ga- reporting on games for a long time. So he knows he gets it. Um, but talking about sort of well, what was great. So PAX West was this past weekend. I did not have to do any work, which means I didn't have to run around playing any games that I didn't want to play. Which was fabulous <laughs> because that's the first time that that has happened to me. But I made a list of the games right. that I played. Um, and that I thought were worth talking about. Um, so we went to PAX with my daughter. We have done for the since she was 18 months. This was her fourth PAX. Um, and so the first game that really caught her attention was this game called Piku Niku. It was in the Indie Mega booth. It was hard to miss because it had this bright pink light and these big fuzzy chairs for you to sit in to play it. But nice. Steven, Steven, this is the game that you were like, what the hell, um, when I posted yeah. on picture, the picture on Facebook. So it looks very, very kind of simple and stupid. Like, we're talking primary colors with just shapes. Um, it's yep. a cooperative puzzle game, sort of platformer puzzle game, where you basically play as ovals. But these ovals have really long, springy legs and feet. Um, yep. And that, that comes into the gameplay. So, like, you actually have to, at times, kick your partner up onto a ledge in order to hit a button or move a ball or whatever. And the the expressions on, it's very simple. Like typically there are two black dots and a mouth on these ovals. But when the, when one of them gets kicked, their eyes become like real eyes and it's like really big, like white eyes with the black pupils in the center. And uh, (laughs) it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Anna absolutely loved watching 
the kicking of these things. <laughs> she wanted to go back and play it like a bazillion times. And we tried to help her play it. She just wasn't quite, you know, she's just not quite there uh, game-wise about being able to, like, figure out what you're supposed to do. And even to actually get the character exactly where she wants it to go, she still mm. has a little bit of trouble with that. But she loved that game. I thought it was cool. Um, and then let's, I'm moving down the list, but, um, I'll, I'll save the really good one for, for last, but, but Steven, I want you to be prepared for this. Are, are you prepared? And I know you're sitting down, but you need to be I am sitting down. I'm prepared. I played a switch game <laughs> that, um, I thought was, yeah, that doesn't okay. surprise me that you played a switch game. Oh, really? I thought it would. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> Okay. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't doing a job, so you know, honestly. I mean, I know you hate Nintendo, but I mean, <laughs> you, so what game did you play? Um, it's called Yoku's Island Express, and it's this cute little thing. You play a little beetle who is attached to a ball. Yeah. For some reason, I couldn't gather. And the as you you move through the world, it's all pinball machine mechanics. So you're using levers and all that kind of stuff to kind of get him. Um, through the world so it's like like a 2d almost like adventure type thing but you're using pinball stuff which i thought was pretty cool um got frustrating pretty quickly for me because i'm really bad at pinball isaac was just zipping his way through it no problem but um he's been playing pinball pinball games all his life and he's really good at them so so yes that was pretty cool it was cute that was the only switch game that i played um Next down my list, there's a game called Gardens Between, which was also in the Indie Mega Booth. It is has sort of a Monument Valley-esque sort of, uh, aesthetic to it, but it is different in that um, there are two characters, but you don't control the characters directly. You control um, what happens to the characters as they move through time. So, um, so like... If you're, you know, your character is walking up something and they see like a bunch of wood just sort of like scattered on the path that can't get over it, you can manipulate time to move that that big pile of wood back to where it was originally, which opens up the path for you to be able to go through. It's really, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's really, really, really neat. They had um, one of the levels that I actually had to stop because because um, we were Anna was being impatient and wanted to go somewhere else um, one thing that i will say to the dev they made a huge mistake their demo was way too long so um so the first day that i went to sort of play it i couldn't even you know the line was too long it was taking too long i couldn't i like made a point to go the second day as early as possible so i could get into play it but uh, but this one level what that i had to stop was really really cool because it's sort of um it's got like modern type things like stuck uh, in the mountains. So like there's a TV and there's a game controller and there's a VCR and a remote control and all this kind of stuff. And so one of the things that you have to do in the uh, the, the general um, goal in these things is you have to collect these orbs in order to beat the level. So one of the things that you had to do was there was be, if you hit a certain thing, there would be a little like 2D little TV-esque character that would pop out. I think he came out of the VCR. And you would have to use him to jump into the game on the TV, which 2D platformer Mario-esque game. You had to jump him into the TV to get the orb and then come back out to give it to your characters, which I thought was really cool. It was a neat little thing, and it was not easy <laughs> either. Some of the puzzles were really sort of tricky, um, but that's really good. It's supposed to be coming out uh, next year. And then there was a game that um, I wasn't super crazy about the gameplay, 
Um, but it had an element that was super, super cool. So again, Indie Mega Booth, which is where I spent most of my time. The game's called Super Slime Arena. So it's like 2D free-for-all deathmatch type thing, like with Joust-style gameplay where you're jumping around and you're slimes. Everybody's a slime. The thing that's cool about this game is on PC is that if you have a controller to USB adapter for any controller, you can use that controller. So they had scattered on the floor in their booth Xbox One controllers, Xbox 360 controllers, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1. One of the guys that worked on the team was actually using the turntable controller from DJ Hero. Uh, they had the uh, the little bongo drums from some Donkey Kong game. They had the... Um, uh, that would be like Donkey a- Kong Jungle Beat. Okay, Just thank you. Point of you order. Could use, you could use those to play this game. It was insane. Like... Ha- you know, and it would, you know, when you start in, it would sort of recognize what your controller was and then sort of give you, obviously they had different control schemes for the different controllers because obviously you're not pressing buttons on those bongo drums. Um, but anyhow, so it was really, really neat. And I asked the guy, I'm like, well, how many, how many con- controllers does this support? And he was like, as many as you can plug in. So you're talking about crazy multiplayer. When I was standing there watching, wow. one of the demos was up to 12, 12 people locally. Um, so it's insane. So crazy party game, you know, and, and you don't have to buy a bunch of controllers because if you have some controllers laying around, you just buy an adapter and then you can use that. It's cause like, cause you can get an adapter for like, you know, from like GameCube to USB and that you can plug in like three or four GameCube controllers into that adapter. So, um, so I always thought that was really cool. If you had a bunch of controllers, you know, laying around, you, you can play this game, which is awesome. Um, and then another game that I played, uh, was called The First Tree, um, and you play as a fox in that one who is separated from his mother, and they're trying to find each other. Not like a baby fox, more like a teenager fox, so it's not quite as sad and heart-wrenching as you might think. Um, but it's, uh, basically like a journey-esque type game. It's really more of exploring, um, and enjoying the beautiful environments than it is actually, like, getting to these objectives, but... You'll find these things in the ground, you dig them up, and then you'll get some VO about the fox and something that was going on, um, you know, uh, previously in their life and what it meant and all this kind of stuff. It was really pretty. Um, it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Anna loved it because she could just run around and, you know, she didn't have to jump anything or, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And so, let's see. Okay. And then I moved up to the PAX 10 because, you know, those are supposed to be the best games ever. There were a bunch of them that were good there. Um, so there's a game called Wander Song, which is a 2D, it almost has like a sort of um, paper, like flat paper-esque um, art style to it. Um, but it's basically an adventure game, but the puzzles are that you have to sing um, sing songs back to people, which is done by like a wheel will pop up and you have to point your stick or hit the buttons to hit the right notes. Um, the dialogue in it was really, really funny. Um, it was very cute. Uh, again, coming out next year. And then I played a really, really neat, simple puzzle game called Tiny Bubbles, which um, is really just like matching up colors and to make bubbles pop and, you know, like super zen uh, thing that you could play. Again, coming out next year. There's a game that I, that is out now that I just downloaded and wasn't able to play last night, which was frustrating because... Isaac is signed in. We share a Steam account. So Isaac has been playing uh, Final Fantasy X-2 Remastered with Anna, and it's on the PC because 
that's what it was released on. And so sharing a Steam account means that you can't log in at two different places to play games. At so the same time. At the yeah. same time. So I was not mm-hmm. able to play, which made me kind of irritated. But anyhow, West of Loathing, again, <laughs> hilarious adventure slash RPG game. You, uh, The whole art is stick figures and very simple drawings. And it has a wonderful sense of humor. I was laughing like a lot when I was playing it, playing the demo of it. So I have it downloaded now, so that I want to start playing it. But um, I think Isaac logged out. Like I gave him a hard time. I'm like, can you just remember to log out of the account when you're done? You don't need Final Fantasy running in the background when you're at work. Um, but anyhow, so and then there was a game called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, which was really neat. It's a sort of an adventure, story-driven thing again. But the goal is that you're collecting stories. So like you'll have a little interaction with people and then that interaction will turn into a story. And then you go to these campfires and you share your stories with other people and they will share stories with you. And so you're trying to collect enough stories to sort of tell the overarching story of life or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really That's neat. Cool. Yeah, very, That's very, really cool. very original. Um, I think that was actually at E3. I think I walked past that. Oh, they had an awesome in the booth. Indie. They had an awesome booth because, like, they had, like, huge, like, almost like a farm setting with, like, hay bales that you could sit on. And they yeah. had some fruit in, in little things. Like, most of it was fake fruit, but some of it was real. And so Anna made the yeah. game. And it was like, she made the game of Find the Real Fruit. Like, that was that was her <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the real fruit and they let her game they awesome. let her take some too which was fun. yeah um and then lastly oh my god cosmos quick stop which was part of the pax 10 yes cosmos this is what i wanted quick to hear you stop talk about is a 3d game where you play as a little alien who is running a gas station in space and it's a time management game in the vein of Diner Dash or Cooking Dash or all those things. I almost walked past this game because when I looked at it very quickly, it was like, oh, it's another one of those 3D adventure type things with a cute little alien dude, you know, whatever. But Anna's like, I mm-hmm. want to play it. So I stopped. Um, and then the developer came to Isaac and started talking to him. And he's like, you know, how much do you know about the game? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a 3D like Diner Dash-esque thing. And I'm like what you know what? it was exactly i had that exact aria expression what? like serious i that's why i used that that gift yeah. it was exactly like that um and then i got to play it and it's like it's like it is like diner dash but the difficulty of it is like times three so you've got this station that you have to walk around the spaceships dock at these different stations that are color coded and number coded and so once they get there, there's a number of things that you would have to do. Like sometimes they need more gas. Sometimes they need more oxygen. Sometimes they want to have their spaceship cleaned. And then while they're docked, they can also come into the station and maybe they want to buy something from the vending machine or use the bathroom or all those other things. So you're trying to do all this stuff at the stations for where the the, the spaceships are docked. But then at the same time, you have to keep your vending machines docked. You have to keep your gift shop stocked. You have to make sure that the bathrooms are clean. And then every once in a while, you'll get in the path of a meteor and you have to go to the center of the gas station and do a little button press mini game to stop a meteor from crashing into your station. <laughs> because if it does, you lose all your customers so at the time and they don't pay. Right. Um, so yeah, so I was, it was insane. I was like, I love this. 
And they had a thing, uh, they, had, they, took it, they had taken it down by the time I went back on Monday, but this thing was like, if you can score $600 or more, then they will give you something. And so when I was playing it, I wasn't paying that much attention to that, but I got up to like 550 um, on my first playthrough, and then like I was, I was itching to play it some more. Like when I got home, I'm like, man, I just need 600. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't get enough combos. <laughs> <laughs> because after you're done with everything that um that the that needs to happen for a ship you have to release the ship from the dock and you can get combos mm -hmm. by kind of you know dragging up the releasing of the ships and then you do them one after the other and you get a combo and so i was like that's uh. why that's why i didn't get that score i needed to do more combos but anyhow this game is awesome if you like diner dash type time management type games you will love it it doesn't come out till next year damn it <laughs> I'm afraid to be out now. Um uh but yeah, so that's um so those are the games that I saw. I mean, granted, you have to remember that this was sort of my sensibilities when it comes to games. So if I saw something that um that I thought Steven would like, then I didn't look at it. Um or are you of paying course. attention? I just want to make yeah. sure you're paying attention. Oh, I was that's paying all. attention. I heard what you said. <laughs> that's noted. Uh, I heard what you said. <laughs> Um, but like, if I saw some like a uh, 2D like platformery type thing, I was kind of like, eh, you know, looks the same yeah. as everything else. So, um, but sure. yeah, so that was that was PAX West. It, it was fun. Uh, I didn't run into Greg Miller, which has not happened at all ever at any PAX. I always run into him at least once, and sometimes literally run into him at times. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I didn't see him, which was which was kind of sad kind of not kind of funny kind of sad um anyhow so uh, um so yeah so that's stuff from from pax west uh people listening if you, if you went to pax west let me know what you thought if you um mm -hmm. had some games that you like you can send an email to gaming with the moms at gmail.com or tweet at gaming with moms so that's the news at least that that i have steven did you was there any other news that you wanted to talk about that we didn't um cover? So, hold on. I do have something. But it's super fast. So let me okay. just let me just uh get it out. Um I'm sorry I was droning off. I wasn't listening to you. That's all right. <laughs> um you know, I have to give you crap. I know, I have to give you crap too. Yeah, it's part of the That's why deal. I said I didn't um, look at any games I thought you were like. Yeah. So, well, which means you didn't look at good games. So, that's up to you. Right. So, um <laughs> uh three so the one thing that is worth mentioning, um that I I mean, and this is important, I think, um Chucklefish, the company that is responsible for publishing Stardew Valley, yeah, has uh teased an upcoming title that they are publishing that is essentially Stardew Valley um, set at Hogwarts. Oh, nice. What? So basically uh, what they're saying is that they're taking some of the lessons that they have learned in Stardew Valley and applying yeah. them to a, like a wizard, to a like wizarding yeah. school simulator game. So oh. now they don't have the Harry Potter license. About this. They don't have the yeah, Harry Potter course. license. Yeah. But see, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that actually makes it better because 
at this point, Harry Potter may as well be Avengers and Lord of the Rings and Batman. Like it's yeah. you can't and mess with it. It is. It's yeah. not even about saturation. I think it's about like you're locked, right? Like you can't yeah. mess around too much. Whereas now, yeah. like a wizarding school, like sure, there's going to be houses, and I'm sure there's going to be classes, and there's going to be like clever little nods, but they can mm-hmm. just do whatever they want, and they're not restricted. Um, I want to know what the potions class is going to be. Sure. Like. I, it's going to be, here's what it's going to be like. It's going to be great. We're all going to lose a yeah. lot of time um, yeah. because that game is coming out. Um, yeah. So there is that. So um, other things. Did they give a date? Did they no. give a date? No, no, no. no. Okay. Chuckle Fitch doesn't give games, uh, give dates. Um, so um, for the, because it is the first podcast of the month of September, uh, to give information about the Games with Gold and the PlayStation Plus lineup, um, September 2017 Games with Gold is as follows. Xbox One. Trials Fusion, which uh, started August 16th, but goes through seven uh, through September 15th. Forza Motorsports 5, the Game of the Year edition, uh, is mm. from September 1st to the 30th. And Oxenfree from September 16th to October 15th. That's one of them uh, story-driven oh. adventure games for one uh, Nicole Tanner. Um, yeah, Xbox- yeah, I know. I wanted to play. <laughs> we covered that a lot at Pixel Kid. It was one that I always wanted to play, but I didn't well, guess want to now play it's- it. But now I don't have but to. Guess what? On the 16th, it's free because you have Xbox <laughs> games with gold. Also for Xbox 360, which, by the way, are also backwards compatible on the Xbox One, Hydro Thunder Hurricane and Battlefield 3. Um, not a terrible lineup. Um, the, the Forza, if, if you're, if you were like, hey, I'd like to play that, but never bought it, that's a huge value. The game of the year edition has a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, PlayStation Plus lineup. Um, here we go. Um, for PlayStation 4, Had a Full Boyfriend, Infamous Second Son, Riggs, which is a PlayStation VR game, Strike Vector X, We Are Doomed, and that is it. Infamous Second Son. Infamous Second Son is a big deal. Um, that's like yeah. the AAA. Um, Had a Full Boyfriend, in case you are wondering, that is a dating simulator where you date pigeons. <laughs> I'm like literally not even joking. That's legit what it is. It's a dating simulator. You date pigeons. With that said, and I'm not going to give spoilers. um, That game takes a turn. Um, And one Julian Murdoch of uh, Gamers with Jobs, um, he actually wrote about it for uh, PC Magazine. Um, Mm. And it was on a dare and he ended up writing about it. Um, So it is actually good. I'm actually excited. I'm going to buy this game and I'm going to play it. Or I'm going to download it for free and I'm going to play it because I want to date some pigeons. I don't know. Whatever. Um, But this is noteworthy because this is the first month that they have included a PlayStation VR game in PlayStation Plus. Um, For um, PS3, Handball 16 and Truck Racer and for Vita, Had a Full Boyfriend and We Are Doomed. Um, (coughs) PlayStation Plus is from the first Tuesday of the month until the end of the month. And the um, Xbox games with gold, those are all based on those dates. Basically, Xboxes, they try and mix it up a little bit. It's not every month. Um, yeah. PlayStation, it's like clockwork. So um, decent lineups. I mean, if you if you yeah. missed Infamous Second Son, um, especially if you're from the Seattle area, may as well t- play because apparently your house is there. In Second Son? Yeah. Infamous Second, Second Son, Son was set in Seattle. 
Oh, I must be thinking of the wrong one. You I'm definitely are. Infamous Two. Infamous Two was in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Now, Infamous Second Son, hundred percent set in Seattle, um, because you can jump off the Space Needle and and ground punch dudes. <laughs> Spoilers: have, Jumping off the PS- Space Needle would probably kill you. I don't, don't have do PS that. Plus though, so. Well, then you don't get Infamous Second Son for free. You get Oxen free yeah. instead. And yeah, Forza, because I know you're Totes a Forza fan. Right. Yeah. So that's um, all the news that I've got. Okay. Take so it let's away. Move into what, what we're playing. Uh, obviously, I just read you a long list of what I played um, over the weekend. Hopefully, going to be able to start West of Loathing today. Um, my, <laughs> Isaac made a point of logging out last night, coming over and loading up the game on my computer <laughs> so that I could see it when so I went knew. to bed. Yeah. Actually, I shouldn't give him a hard time. He was probably just making sure that it was working. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it was sitting like open on my computer <laughs> when I went to bed. Um, and then obviously Hearthstone uh, and Cooking Dash. Hearthstone, there's a few cards that are getting a nerf. Um, classic cards that are getting a nerf. You can find out about that on Blizzard. I don't remember all of them. All, the only one that pops in my mind is Hex, which is the um, Shaman card is going to cost one more than it has uh in the past. Is that, is that where you turn it into a frog with yes. zero, two? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the yeah. frog one. So I that's, think it costs three right now. Yeah, so I think it's it's going to cost three. four. Um, yeah. And then there are a couple other classic ones, too, that are gonna that are either um, their effect is being dropped or their mana cost is going up. Um, so, yeah, so you can, you can check that out. Probably any news thing related to Hearthstone, uh, you can find out what they are. Um, they seem like, like, they seem like decent nerfs to changes me. yeah yeah um, yeah so um so that's that well yeah yeah um and obviously we've been playing cooking dash some more too especially after <laughs> i played that cosmos quick stop and to, <laughs> to get my fix on something um yeah so so that's me so regina have you been playing anything i have to tell you this hearthstone story okay <laughs> because you're going to love this i think <laughs> okay, so remember how I told you that I accidentally got six new packs right. of the new expansions and that there was one legendary card in there? Uh-huh. And that I hadn't looked at it, hadn't paid any attention. Well, I um, I messaged my friend Ryan um, the other day because I had a quiz or a quest that said, you know, uh, challenge another friend. Right. Right, and it's 80 coins or whatever, so I'm like, dude, you get on and play with me, okay? And he's like, sure, so we hopped in, and then we played, and then we did the tavern brawl, which was um, that spells cost health instead of mana. Right. Um, so we built decks for that, and he beat me with the first, and then I went in and edited my deck and decided I was playing mage. I decided to throw in this legendary card, because it was a mage card that I'd never played before, mm-hmm. and it was um, the Frost Lich Jaina oh. card. Oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was very excited to play this because the first time I had read it and seen what it does, and the first time I had seen, I don't know, is that new for this expansion where you can change your uh, hero? Well, before there were certain classes that had it, so uh, Warlock okay. you could play um, change into Lord Jaxus. But with the expansion, every single class has one of those. Right, because so, when I, well, yeah. I'll, I won't get ahead of myself when I'll tell this in, in order. So I threw it in the deck because I was trying to win the tavern roll for myself. Now, Ryan was playing a card, and you'll forgive me because, like, I don't know the names of the characters in Game of Thrones. I have no idea what the vast majority of card names are in Hearthstone. I'm still learning. Um, but Brian, Ryan tends to play a priest. 
And he had a card that at the end of every turn, he got like a butler, a 1-1 butler oh, right, character. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I know that I have this nine-point Jaina Frostlich card in my deck. I only yeah. have one, of course. And I'm waiting for the whole friggin' game for it to show up. <laughs> yeah. And we're literally sitting there, and he has six cards, and I have five left in my deck. And I'm like, you know that feeling when you're waiting for that one card to show up? Yeah. And he's like, you only have five cards left in your deck. And I'm like, I know. That's why I've been feeling it for <laughs> 25 cards now. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> and, of course, it popped right up. And I said, now, so he's been the whole game. He's had this character who will who was stealthed. I couldn't attack right, him. Right, right, yeah. Who would automatically create the butler with the 1-1, right? Yeah. Now, the Frost Mage, um, the Frost Lich Mage power, um, gives you a 3 6, um, uh, what's it called? Lifesteal, yeah. uh, elemental, turns all your elementals into lifesteal characters, and gives you the bonus if, if you use your, um, your hero power to kill a minion that has one power, you automatically get another elemental. 3 6 yeah. minion. Now, I have been waiting this whole game, watching this 1-1 pop up over and over <laughs> and over again. And I have not had this character to play. Like, this card has not come up. So it finally comes up. Now, mind you, at this point in the game, Ryan is at, like, 18 health, and I was at, like, 8, I think. So it was very much looked like it was going to go in his direction. Yeah. And I just wiped up the floor <laughs> with him. And it was just such a beautiful thing. And he's sitting there, and he's like, how how was I supposed to counter that? Like, uh, what was I supposed to do? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, said, I you know. know I've I've you know? come across that with some of them. Like, yeah, I just I just don't know how to. I mean, I, someone's figured it out, or if they haven't figured it out yet, they will. Maybe they will, ask, yeah. As Steve Lubitz, he probably knows how to count. Yeah, them. well, that was the thing. And then I, yeah, then I played again last night, and I I played against a priest, uh -huh. and they had the priest card. I don't know what the name was that did the same thing. But what he had done before it was he had a priest card that turned his hero power into costing zero mana. Right. And the Dark Priest's um, thing is um, do two damage. And, and any time you play a card, card you refreshes. can do it again. Yes, I well, have he had that turned, one. <laughs> yeah, he had turned his hero power to cost zero. Mm. So every time he played, it didn't cost him any. Any time he used his hero power, it didn't cost him anything. And every time he played a card... He could play it again. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. I was just like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" Like, I yeah. just have to watch myself melt and burn. So I sent Ryan a screenshot, and I'm like, "This is what you need." <laughs> right? Exactly. You want to know how to fight Jaina? This is what you need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So I had a delightful time with both of those. Even losing to the other one, I don't, I don't care when, win or lose. But yeah, I had a really fun time playing that and just wiping the floor with Ryan because he was just like, "I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this." Yeah. Yeah, that that new sort of element I think has has really it's really interesting. Been in interesting, yeah, really changes mm -hmm. the dynamic. Um, all right, so Stephen, what have you been playing? I um, have really only. I mean, I played a bunch of stuff over the weekend, um, but the two biggest games I have been playing are Everybody's Golf for the PlayStation Four, which is really really good. Um, it's forty bucks, and it's better than you think it is because. You know, it's better than you think it is. No, I mean, come on. You think about golf games, you're like, oh, right? Like, but it's, 
It's fun. It's adorable. Um, it's very accessible. Uh, my kids were playing it. Um, so I think it's going to be a big hit over the holiday. Um, I will have a review soonish. Um, but the big hit around this house has been Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which is literally everything that I had ever dreamed that it would be. Um, <laughs> it's legit. XCOM with Super Mario characters. It's it. I mean, we we made the we made the joke about it at E3 when we were looking at the videos. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, um, it delivers on that promise. They said we're going to give you cool. XCOM where you play as Mario and a bunch of rabbits, and there's going to be fart jokes and there's going to be shenanigans. And you know what? Guess what? It was all of those things. Um, <laughs> it's really fun. Um, it is hard. Uh, there's no way around that. Uh, it is a challenging game. However, um, if you own a Switch, it's worth it. Um, if you do not own a Switch but like strategy games, go buy a Switch. Do it right now because they're going to be hard to find this holiday. Just go do it because this is worth it. This is th- this is an absolute – like you think Ubisoft is making a Rabbids game that's about strategy with Mario. You think they're going to make like this garbage like thing, right? You know, like it's just, they're just going to spit out this game. No, this game was lovingly handcrafted. This was lovingly crafted. This was made by people who really love that Mario IP. Um, it shows mm-hmm. there's a video um, on the IGN's uh, extra. Uh, it's called Expert Mode uh, on their Facebook Watch programming uh, where they interviewed the creator and he clearly loves this game, this franchise and really paid homage to it in some very cool ways. Um, I never thought I'd see like Mario near like a bunch of fart jokes, but here we are. (laughs) Um, And it was, and I'm here for it. So um, (laughs) this is absolutely like a must play. It, 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 I, I, if you had told me this was a Nintendo game and was made by Nintendo and that they just borrowed rabid stuff, I wouldn't have any reason to think that you were not telling me the truth. This is, and that's a compliment because Nintendo, everything's yeah. polished, everything's perfect. This is great. Also, Luigi's a sniper. <laughs> also, that's awesome. Because yeah. he's afraid. Right. Oh, okay. So he hides, right. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Nice. Um, all right. Is that it then, Steven? Yeah, pretty much. Those were the only, I mean, I played a bunch of board games, but we don't care about that this week. Um, but it was really fun. All right, cool. Um, okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can send an email to gamingwiththemoms at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at gamingwithmoms. As mentioned at the top of the show, Regina is from the Geek Embassy. And let's talk about what's going on in the Geek Embassy, Regina. (laughs) You are all going to come watch our Game of Thrones yeah. <laughs> episodes. <laughs> if you haven't already, there are four that we did for season seven. Um, and in about a week, we'll have a uh, final wrap up where we're going to go through and look at all the theories and all the fan theories and all of our theories. And we're all rewatching the whole season again in anticipation of this wrap up. So come and watch that. And, I have notes. and Nicole has notes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I've decided after having done that for the Geek Embassy is that we're going to uh, pick a couple of choice shows this fall and are going to be creating content on a weekly basis based on the episodes as they air. Um, the first one that I have everybody committed to watching is um, the new uh, Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Stephen and Nicole, if either of you are interested, you are welcome to join us for those as well. 
Um, of course, I'm not sure when we'll be recording. It'll probably be evening, but uh, that's going to be the first series that I know we're. Do you, ha- we're do you have anyone signed to. up for the Orville? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a joke. Do you even know? Did, well, that was a look of. Did, was that a look of I'm not disgust? Sure. Yeah. Nicole, no. Do no. either of you know what it is? No. The, okay, so I don't. okay, so the Orville is a dramedy uh, send up of Star Trek, um, as done by oh. uh, Seth MacFarlane. Oh yes, <laughs> I remember seeing. Um, so he's the captain, it. and his first mate is his ex-wife, as played by the girl that played Mockingbird from Agents of Shield. Okay. Ah, all right. Um, well, maybe we'll check that out. Too. Um, I, I don't know that you should. I think this this I has we'll this has like <laughs> this has canceled after three episodes, just all over it, written all over it, yeah. like yeah. the adult version of the Muppets they did a few years ago. That was just anyway. dumb. <laughs> I know. Anyway, um, yes. So that's that's the plan for for our fall offerings for everybody. So um, check it out and definitely come and see our Game of Thrones because. I mean, we're hilarious. We really are. <laughs> we, I are. promise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't share this story. Um, the last time we recorded, um, I was. You know, my computer is sort of sits in front of our staircase, um, and so I know that when Isaac was out of town, Anna came out of her room and was listening to us talk because the next morning she asked me about how the dragon died, and so I'm like, oh, oh you were listening, and so. The next time we recorded, she did the same thing, except for the fact that she fell asleep on the landing <laughs> of our steps. Oh, I love that. So, like, I turned to go to bed, and I'm like, she's just snoozing there. <laughs> I, I had to go get Isaac. I'm like, you gotta see this. <laughs> and we went up there, and she's just. And it was funny. I woke her up, and like, you know, she was totally out of it. I'm like, you need to go. Right. You need to go back to bed. And then the next morning, she had no memory of it whatsoever. Yeah, that's so funny. That's yeah. so sweet, though, that she's yeah. like, you know, wants to listen or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and good that we have a PG and no swearing show. Right. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Which is hard to do with Game of Thrones. It is. It really is. Uh, all right. Oh, Steven funny. is editor and founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com, uh, who's apparently going to be doing an unboxing and more videos of Destiny. What else you got going on, Steven? Uh, really, that's pretty much it. We're um, we're doing we're you know what we're we're kind of revisiting all of our content, et cetera, over the, and you know kind of making things a little tighter um, mm-hmm. to uh, make it so I don't slowly go insane. So just keep your eyes on Engage Family Gaming. We are um, making some changes to get ready for the fall, um, but you know it, it's it's all good. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. Bye.